Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchatvictoria.com. Hey, this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share the content. May leave a comment down below. That really helps us out. Uh, this evening, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 17. Uh, excited to, to continue in. It's been a little bit since we've actually recorded. Yep. Um, but you guys, of course, have been going through the... Uh, interviews and some of that stuff and so mm -hmm. but it's been it's been a little bit for us <laughs> a couple of weeks so uh, if we sound a little rusty it's uh, because we're a little rusty yeah <laughs> but hey let's pray and let's All get right. into it father in heaven thank you so much for the opportunity of this medium where we can reach out and touch people where they are and where they live and and we just are so grateful for that, Father. We pray your blessings upon this ministry. We pray you bless this class tonight as we uh, as we study together. I pray, Father, that uh, people will learn and people will be influenced and the people will be uh, will be moved uh, to be obedient to follow you. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Exodus chapter seventeen. We're going to be down in uh, about verse eight. And you know, so much of this, Dan, as we, we go through it, we're going to see a lot of the same type of themes, a lot of the same type of information repeated over and over and over. And it's going to, it's going to get frustrating because it's going to seem like the Israelites just cannot grab hold of what God is saying, which I mean, what I've, what I've seen so far is that God will provide. Mm -hmm. God provides for his people. Why is it so important for us to be reminded that God provides over and over and over again. Well, I think I think it's because because we're our, as a cre as a, as a human being as a creature we are we have a very short attention span hmm. for most of us. Okay, and you know children. I mean, if you you know you raising three children, how often you have to tell them to clean their room? All the time. How often you have to tell them to brush their teeth? I mean, yeah, how, yeah. And as they grow up and as they mature. I don't need to be told as much uh, things about God that, that say your children are having to be told or say some baby Christian or margarita is being, having to be told, you know, because, because I've got it already. But repetition is what trains people. It teaches us. And God knows that. Jesus took his 12 apostles. And what did he do? Over and over and over, he told them the same things. Over, just go look at it. Go look at the Gospels. And look at what Jesus did. And then when he's fixing to leave in, in John chapter 15, 16, 17, he's telling them some of the same stuff over again, you know, to remind them. He knows the Holy Spirit's coming, but it was to remind, and the Holy Spirit's job was going to do what? To come and remind them again. I think God God knew what his, what, what Adam and, and Eve and what we were all going to do. He knew, uh, but he wants a people that's going to come to him willingly. And we're willing to learn. You know, guys, if you're watching, you know, we, we, we repeat stuff over and over and over because we want you to learn. We want you to see, hey, this maybe this is real. You know, when you went to school as a kid, you didn't learn how to read and write right away. What did you have to do? Yeah, it took time. It took time. You had over and over and over. I remember I remember uh, uh, going to a lady's house after when I was in elementary school. And I'd walk over to her house because my mom was, was working and, and she'd come pick us up. And I would sit on the couch. There wasn't, there wasn't, uh, you know, all these channels where you could, you know, and Netflix and all. There was three channels, and 
there wasn't cartoons or nothing. So I just sat there in the living room and I sat on the couch and I, and I, and I wrote in my notebook and I just wrote and I practiced, I practiced and practiced and I got better and better and better at it. So my handwriting's pretty good because I practiced so much with it and, uh, but it took repetition. That's exactly what's happening here. Well, yeah. and what is it that we're getting good at? You've been a Christian three or four, five years, right? Mm -hmm. Five years, six years. Mm -hmm. What do you think you're getting good at? What do you think you're getting better at as you learn it? What do you think? Is there anything you're getting better at? I think I'm, I, I'm much quicker to say God's, God's got it. Give it to him. Mm -hmm. Not worry about it. Mm -hmm. You know, give it up. Not, not even, I mean, can't, I don't worry about things, you know? So, I think, I think here at, at Central, I think we're learning as a church. You know, you come in, been here a year and a half, two years, whatever, and, and we're learning from your personality. We're learning from your stuff in the pulpit. You know, we're we're developing a, a dialogue amongst ourselves that, you know, we're we're recognizing problems that are still in the in the body. You said said I have people sitting in the body, they're sitting on Sunday morning and don't know what repentance is. Yeah. They have been there for a long time. Well, maybe they've not been taught well enough, and maybe it's time to start teaching them. Uh but but I think I think we're learning all kinds of things. Uh, I think we're learning uh, how to be uh, how to be God's heart and God's hands. How to how to be a people that's that's striving to equip people to live out the life of Christ. I think that's what we're doing. Maybe even that we can grab onto a hope that's true, that's real. Mm -hmm. It's not just a. It's not like you know. It's not like that. We're the guy playing the lotto at the convenience store. You know what are you what are you trying to accomplish with that? You know, well, I'm hoping to win. Well, well it's not hope, right? Something else too that we didn't count on is we learned we've learned as a church how to do this tech tech stuff mm -hmm. that we didn't do before. You know, I mean, it's been out there for a long time. We just didn't do it. The pandemic helped. A lot of things happened to make a, to move people in a way they need to go. That's going. God does things. So, you know, when you start looking at this stuff, you see God over and over and over. He's, at some point, you'll figure out, oh, this is what he's trying to teach him. <laughs> you know, you figure it out. And when in your own life, that's what happens. You, you, it, you know, it happens over and over and over. You learn and learn. And you say, oh, now I got it. Now I understand. And then you move on to the next thing. Same way with kids. Once, once they get it that they got to go brush their teeth every evening and they got it, mm -hmm. then you move on to something else. Teach them how to tie their shoes. Yeah, you know, but then you got to go back and teach them. Yeah, you, gotta, you, you have to give them refreshers. <laughs> Just refreshers. But so does God. Yeah. Yes. You know, the first time a crisis comes, you know, if you if you're an addict, first you're you're just one crisis away from from falling back in addiction. That's very true. So very true. we're one crisis, and God knows that. Well, and we're all. You know, I, I sat in one twelve step Bible study uh, group one time, and a lady said, "You know, I'm not I'm not an addict in the traditional sense, but I'm a sinner, and that's and that's." that's enough mm -hmm. you know in other words like sin is its own addiction and yeah. we're all we're all struggling and we're so all we're addicted all, to that we're all we're one all, step away all, from yeah, it. yeah absolutely well we're going to see god remind them here in, in exodus chapter 17 we're going to see him set up a, a specific reminder for joshua mm -hmm. and we're going to look at the importance of that so we're going to be in exodus chapter 17 verse 8 and now if you recall the israelites have been wandering around in the wilderness now they are well. They're not wandering yet. They are headed towards a direction. The land. They're headed towards. They're, yeah. Well, they're headed towards Sinai. He's got. He's got them. He's got them following. Moving. Following. He's got following a cloud and a fire. Yep. They're not following very well. No. They. They don't well, trust very much. They're following okay. They're just mouthing and griping and belly aching the whole way. Yeah, they're not trusting. No, what's no. going on there? And so, uh, 
Let's see what happens in. in well, he's in, he's fed him and watered him. He has. He has given he has him fed him and watered him. Given yep. him water. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in in verse eight, we're gonna pick up from there. So the Amal Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Now, this would be the second force, the second military force since God has taken direct control of the Israelites that have come against them. Egypt and, and now the Amalekites. So, what has been their experience so far with with enemy forces coming against so them, far god in they watched god completely annihilate the enemy so there shouldn't be any concern and it was it was no doubt it was no doubt who did it he parted the sea they walked through and the sea went poof and, and drowned them all they'd have to lift a hand against them not one hand so but you don't learn after one time sometimes and they're not going to learn, but they're going to have to be taught again What's All right. So Moses said, Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites tomorrow. Uh, to- Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. What is this nonsense? Well, it's not nonsense to God. What's he trying to What's he trying to show him? You, Dan, you don't win a war because some guy has his hands up in the air. You do if God's taking charge, and you and That's He needs to let you know because there's no water here to split. There's no sea to what He. They need to know that they're not doing it. You need to know that you're not doing this. Mm-hmm. I need to know that I'm not doing this. I need to know that God has got His hands on everything. Do you believe God's got His hands on everything today? Mm-hmm. Then why is it such a mess? God's got a plan. I don't know what the plan is. I don't care. Interesting. All I so, care about is, is that God's got his hands on so it. So this is a wonderful metaphor. Absolutely. For us today. Then. Absolutely. Because it, I mean, it, it certainly writes, so the battle is pitched. It seems to be going, at least from our perspective, right? It seems to be going back and forward. And really God's really. Let me ask you something. Thing. How did they know the battle was being, was not going well? How did, how would they know when his arms came down and they, it says, it says here, whenever he lowered the hands, the Amalekites were winning. How, what does winning mean in this kind of conflict? People were dying, dude. Mm-hmm. People were dying. You know, guys were getting stuck and stabbed and sliced with swords and arrows. People were dying. And then when his hands went up, they were getting dead. So people were dying. Does this sound, you know, and I've had people say, well, that's just awful. That's just awful. Dude. God doesn't have the same perspective about life that you and I do. Well, he just does. Well, hold on. What do you mean? I mean, yes, it's awful, but light. Have you have no. you have you been around lately? Life is awful. But, but you <laughs> notice that. But God has a, has a perspective that not my life, but the life. Yeah, the existence. I mean, I I almost wonder sometimes. Like, creation has fallen, and I don't think we really grasp what that means and what it looks like. I think maybe I think maybe there are some Ukrainians right now who understand what a fallen world looks like and what it seems like mm-hmm. and what it really is. Mm-hmm. See, we have this, we have this, um, I think and we sadly, build up this fantasy sadly, in our some mind. of our own brethren. That's right. You know, I've heard yeah. that some of them have already been shot and killed. That's right. You know, so. This is what a fallen world is. This is what Christ came to redeem. You know, we talk about what is the co- the gospel? What's the coming of the kingdom of God? What is the, ki- what is the, that kingdom supplant? This. It supplants this, this, this horror that this battle represents this horror but while, that but is while the world. this is here 
and the kingdom is involved. That's right. The kingdom is it. It looks at sometimes like it's being like it's being choice. It's not. It's not. It's not. It just fe- but it looks like it from. But our that's what. What do you think it looks like here? That's right. Sometimes we're winning. Sometimes we're not. As long as Moses got his hands up, you know we're okay. All right, we're winning. That means other the other guys are dying. God didn't have to do it that way though, did he? No. Could have done it any way he wanted. Sure. He could have just wiped out the Amalekites, but the, what good would that have done? It wouldn't have shown the Israelites anything. Well, it wouldn't have taught them to struggle. It wouldn't have taught no. them to fight. And it wouldn't have taught them that they're not win- they're not fighting here. God is. They lose sight of this later on. They do. They do lose sight of this. And and they, you know, they have kings come in that that are very, very well lose sight of it. And they and they die because of it. And lots of people die because of it. People are gonna die when they go when they get to where well, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. So as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. So Moses' hands have been classified as weapons of mass destruction. Well, it's not. It's 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 not Moses' hand. It's God say, watch Moses and watch what I'm doing through Moses. That's exactly right. Okay. So when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her. You know, it's like. The ridiculousness of this, you know, at one point we're going to see off into the future Gideon and his torches and pots. And oh, yeah. This, oh, yeah. This, yeah. This silly, this, it's, you know, it's like, it's almost like God is laughing. Like, look at this, you know, just pick up your hands, Moses. Uh, now you win. You know, yeah. like, how? I mean, what is, what, what is it that our God can't do? Yeah. Really at this yeah. point, right? Um, when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him put his hands uh, midway through that verse one on one side one on the other so that his hands remained steady till sunset so joshua overcame the amalekite army with the sword then the lord said to moses write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that joshua hears it because i will completely blot out the name of amalek from under heaven why does he do that why does he say that why do you think he says make sure you go and you tell joshua what happened because Joshua's going to need a reminder. Okay. All right. What do you think? Because Joshua is in battle. He's not watching Moses. Um. He doesn't see this. He has to be told what happened. You know, these guys here, the, these guys. So Joshua fought. So Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up. Aaron and Hur holding his arms up. He's up way up on a hill somewhere. You know, do you think he's going, hold on, Moses. <laughs> While there's guys with swords and arrows probably coming after not. him, yeah, probably. So he has to be told, and he said, "I want to make sure because God knows what's coming. Joshua's going to lead these people. I'm going to turn this over to Joshua, and when I do, he needs to know, like you do, Moses, that I got this. Mm. It's not about you. It wasn't about Joshua. It wasn't about the God could have killed the Amalekites without them. Poof, and they're gone. Could he do that today? He doesn't need your help." He don't need you to stand in the pulpit or me to, to teach a class. He don't need that. He can, he, we saw that with some lady, ladies that, I mean, Margarita that came, she taught herself. God taught her using his book and using so the why, why even involve us? Why involve Joshua? Why involve Moses? Why involve the church today? Because we need to see the power of God working through people. I think it's because he always wanted to work through people. He always did. Look at Genesis, right? Yeah. Let's create him in our own image to work with us. This is this is his ideal. His idea, you know, I've said a couple of times, and I said this year, I'm really focused on trying to, we're trying to build back community. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID really ravaged really, it. Really, yeah, I did. And, you know, I you know, I had a brother the other day who, who was telling me, you know, I don't really feel, I was gone for, I was sick, I was out, and I don't really feel missing. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm horrified. 
because that's that's you were missed and i'm sorry that that wasn't communicated but in our culture especially in our culture it's so easy to get locked into to what we're doing and forget mm -hmm. the community yeah you know and reaching out to people and saying hey we care about you we yep. miss you you yep. know if you haven't come back to the assembly yet if you're still sitting out there watching everything we're doing or or, or worshiping from home I want you to know that we want you to come back we don't think less of you we want you to Absolutely come back and not. be part of the community this is only so good and i heard that from somebody that uh, i feel i feel guilty for not being there i feel like i'm gonna be looked down are you kidding me really are you kidding me you know, that's right. No, we are we, only complete when we're all here. That's right. That's absolutely right. And so I want to, church, if you're out there and you haven't come back to the assembly yet, we want you to come back and we want you to know that we, we're not, there's no judgment here. Absolutely we're not looking not. at you saying, oh my absolutely. gosh, these horrible people. They That's not what we're doing. God created us to be in community and we want to experience that community with you. We want to be, we want you here with us. So as yeah. soon as you're ready to come back, Whatever that Absolutely. looks like for you, we've still got the wings. Nothing is roped off anymore, but we still the have wings the still wings are. in the. Oh, the is the, the, the wings, wings still, still the wings still are still roped there. off. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember off the top of yeah, my head. Yeah, you can still I mean, off. I mean, you know, you know, you can you can find a place to sit where you sit away from people if that's what you want. You can wear a mask. Nobody we, we say do have, We do have people that still do that. That sit off and they wear masks and they do that. So we want you to know, you know. If you're looking for a way to come back, know that we want to be able Absolute. to accommodate you. Absolutely. So Absolute. that's that's where we stand. There is no judgment yeah. here. But that's why. So I, in my mind, that's immediately what it goes back to. It goes right back to Genesis 126. You're right. God could poof. Yeah. And I think when we approach that sto this story from the 21st century, it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in that. Why doesn't God just poof? He mm -hmm. can do anything. He's all powerful. Why doesn't it? And you know... It's the same reason why I don't do that with my own children. Why don't you why don't you just brush their teeth for them? Why don't you just tie their shoes for them? Why don't you just do all their homework for them? Because why don't you just why don't you dress honestly, them? Honestly, because I'm looking forward to grandkids. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why you don't. Because they'll never grow up and mature ever. That's right. They'll always be dependent on you to do everything for them. I'm dependent on God, that. yes, but I'm not dependent on God to to uh uh, I'm not dependent on him to 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 get me from infancy. I've already gotten past that. You know, I'm That's dependent right. on him to help me with adulthood and with with being an adolescent. You know, I mean, if if you do everything for them, they don't learn how to grow up and mature. That's God right. wants us to mature. Yes, he we does. wants to become I mean, everything we can become in Christ. Well, there's and there's a big difference. You know, it's like you know, I I just wrote an article for the month of March, and I talk about what what faith is, and I use this story with Elisha and his servant. You know, Elisha is a mature man of God, and he's surrounded in Dothan, right? Mm -hmm. And and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, his mm -hmm. army's all around him, and he's standing there, not worried about it. And his servant's freaking out, yeah. like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I imagine there were a lot of other people who were freaking out, too. Here's this hostile mm -hmm. army surrounding mm -hmm. us. And, and Elisha just sits there and goes, you know, open his eyes, Lord. I don't think Elisha could see all of that but i think he knew sure right he knew. it doesn't say because it, it doesn't say elisha could see any no. of this stuff but he said you know lord help this this man help my servant understand and he opened and it god opened his eyes and he saw all elisha just implicitly trusted that the father knew what he was doing it's exactly but what where, christ but did where did he learn that from we learned it from elijah there you go and he learned it from he learned it from his own experience of walking with god there you go but he had to have 
You know, God knew, again, God, and what was Elisha to Elijah? If you go back to 1 Kings chapter 19, it says Elijah was running for his life. And I'm going to preach on that this, this month. I'm not going to tell you a lot, but, but he needed a friend. He needed a helper. And God raised one up for him, Elisha. And he said, oh, by the way, all those that that guy don't kill and that guy don't kill, Elisha's going to take care of. But in the meantime, you're going to have training. Okay. So Elisha learned it from Elijah, which then Elisha is teaching it to his servant. God wants a people that understand he is in control. Absolutely. And act as if he was in control. That's right. Right? Even in the face of doubt, it even will make in the, the face sin of distrust. Not as much as of an addiction. Well, and when we, yeah, when we do that, the sin problem goes away. Well, it goes away a spirit, but not that, that I'm not still, uh, still tortured by it at times. Oh, at that, times, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, the, the consequence of it is still there if I commit it. But the but the but God has forgiven me, washed me clean. Doesn't mean that I have I, I don't have to be an obedient child. Well, but it, what I'm pointing out is as we walk with the Lord, He draws closer to us. Yeah. And the sin the sin issue. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get rid of sin in your life, right? Paul says it in Galatians. Walk by the Spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Walk in those things. Walk in the things you know the fruit of the Spirit. Walk in those things. Make those the focus of your life. Make loving your brother, loving your neighbor, trusting God mm -hmm. the focus of your life. And you watch the sin problem fall away. That's right. Very very quickly. Yeah. So they're learning. They're learning to rely on God. They're learning to trust on God. In verse 14, then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll, something to remember to make sure that Joshua hear it, hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. We actually did a whole, whole, yeah. was it like on 50 that. minutes on this? Yahweh Nisi? Yeah. Was this, was this the two-parter that we did? I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we might've done a two-parter on this. Remember. What is that, like two years ago? That's been a long time. We've it's been, been doing this for a while. It's been a little bit. So <laughs> we've got a we've got a, a pretty good sized library of this stuff. At this we? point, yes. Uh so the Lord is my banner. This is Yahweh Nisi, right? We see that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in the text. Uh -huh. The Lord. So this is Yahweh. Uh the covenant name for God is my banner, Nisi. Um he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord. And I think this is where so many people don't understand why this had to happen, mm -hmm. okay? This is the Amalekites standing in the way of God Almighty. They see the pillar of fire. They see the pillar of smoke. They see him leading these scary, people man. out. They've heard what has happened through it to, um, from God, what has happened through God to the Israelites, to Egypt, and they're going to stand against it. They're going to be opposed to it. They do not care. We see the we see the pillar of fire. We see the pillar of smoke. We know who's on your side, and we don't care. You we are up, standing you in your this way. Past Sunday about Rahab. Rahab said, "Man, we're trembling with fear." Right. We yeah. know. We we know what your God's capable of. We've heard about it. Yeah. And and here's the Amalekites. You know, because they're just now learning, and they're gonna learn. Yeah. I mean, think about it today. There are people standing in the way. I'm gonna I'm gonna study now. Of course, when they see this, it's gonna be a long time ago, but. The, I'm going to study uh, tonight with my class uh, uh, Acts chapter 14, where Paul and, and Barnabas are on their first journey. And everywhere they go, the Jews from Antioch have showed up. And they finally, they finally, they try to stone him once and are not successful. They finally stone him. You know, and, and the, and the, they think he's dead, so they leave. And the people take, you know, when those people stand in the way 
I thought about it. I, I thought about it th this morning. I said when we get in the way of God, like that, and try to disrupt. Remember Gamaliel mm -hmm. was Paul's was Paul's teacher, right? And he told them. He told him. He said, "If this is from God, there's nothing you can do. If it's not from God, it'll go away on its own." So, right. Let it go. Couldn't let it go. They couldn't let it go. The whole time, this whole the whole thing you see all through the New Testament. What is, what is it? What's happening? There's chaos trying to be brought on the church by ungodly people. Here we go. What do you think is happening today? What do you think is going to happen to a to an army that that comes in and God's trying to do something in Ukraine? He's trying to do something with His church. Okay, I don't know any of the specifics, but I know that he's that there's godly people there. Well, and with the with the way our our current world works, it's he's not just doing something with Ukraine; he's doing something worldwide. But but you, you see, know? and then this army comes in, and and God, God's a. What do you think he's going to do with this army at some point? What do you think he's going to do with the people at some point? You know, is is God any less any less uh, uh, zealous for his people now than he was then? You know, look at what he said. He said, Moses built an altar and called the Lord as my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. It means he's not going to forget. You think he's not going to forget what these people do? The only thing to make God forget is to is to repent from your sin. Is to turn around. Repentance means to turn around and go the other way. Instead of go that way, you go that way. Right. So instead of fighting against the throne, you of start God, working for it. Start working for and it. And that's the only way that God forgets because he's promised under this new covenant, he said in Jeremiah, under this new covenant, he said, I will not only forgive them, I will forget their sin. That's right. That's the only way to get God off your back and away from that conflict between you and your face is, is say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. And then turn around and go the other way. Well, and that's and we see that with Rahab. You know, they're going to be told when they go into the land not to make a deal with anyone, not to make a contract with anyone. Right. You know, everybody dies. Everybody gets put to the sword. You're taking over this land because their sin is now full out of Genesis 15. That's what he told them. Right. But yet Rahab comes Rahab along. Rahab comes along. And she's in the, and what you didn't bring up Sunday is she's in the seed line of Jesus. She is in the seed line you know, of Jesus. I mean, how'd that happen? I thought God said, kill them all. Ruth is the same way. They're the same he way. He told them, I detest Moabites. I don't want Moabites around, yep. all these things. But then Ruth, a Moabitess. Because they repented. Because they repented. That's what repentance means, guys. That's what it means. It means you don't go that way no more. You go this way. And, you know, and that, that does, a repentant heart does not say, oh, you know what? I think I'll just go to church this Sunday. Um, well, you know what? Now, we're going to go camping instead. That's not what a repentant heart does. Right. A repentant heart doesn't do that. A repentant heart says, I cannot not do what God tells me to do. It means I'm going to serve. Like Jesus said, I'm going to serve. You know, it, it, but people have, have been taught and trained. They, they think that it's okay. Well, I'll just go to church Sunday morning and give them some of my money and that'll be good enough. God will be, God will be happy with that. Really? No, it's a, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's a complete, it's a lifestyle. he has to have claim over your entire life. It's, it's an everyday calling. Mm -hmm. It's not measured by. It's not measured in the sense that you know this Sunday I did this, or or two Sundays from now I'm going to do this. It's not. He doesn't measure it. He's not. He's not sitting there. Okay, I'll be in relationship with you on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday yeah. it's your time. Yeah. yeah, it's not the way it works. Yeah. So he said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of God, the throne of the Lord. So again, the Amalekites were coming up against. The divine plan and authority of the Lord himself. Mm -hmm. The Lord will be at war with the Amalekites from generation 
to generation. Yeah. And so this is an important lesson. This is an important lesson for the Israelites to learn. This is an important lesson that Joshua needs to learn. You know, I hadn't, I never, never really thought about it, but that's very true. He's in the midst of the battle. He's not seeing in a lot of this stuff. No. You know, and where exactly, where exactly was Moses? Well, he was standing up on a hill, but you know, well, was he visible? Remember too. Remember too. Moses is going to put, give a detailed account of everything that happens. God's, God's telling him to do that. All right. So this is one of those things. Don't forget to, to make sure you write all this down. So we know that, that Moses, pretty sure that Moses wrote the Pentateuch, the, the first five books, right? I, I mean, yes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so scholars will debate anything. But, of course but, they will. But yes, most most conservative scholars have come to the conclusion that between Moses, Joshua, and maybe a couple of editors, when, when we you, had the entire When you see it, yeah. he's only talking to the guys that he's talking to. He doesn't talk to everybody. Right. Here. Today he'll talk to you. Well, we get told multiple times that Moses, that Moses wrote, 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 wrote a bunch of stuff, stuff down. down. Yeah, right. yeah. So, you know, when when you look at this and you say, okay, he's writing stuff down, you know, it was it was. I think think about it. When Joshua comes in, he's got blood all over him. You know what arteries do when they when oh, they yeah. when they get cut. You know how how far they can shoot blood and how, where they where it's going to go, and and he's been in a fierce battle. And you you uh, and you see this the blood all over him. And Moses says, "I said, come here. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you what just happened." Yeah, we beat down because no, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> right. Or maybe, or maybe Aaron. You think these guys only talked to each other because the page of the book said they they may have had these guys were friends. They were connected to each other. They talked. They sat around a camp. You ever sat around a campfire? Yeah. You know, I mean, people. We you shoot the breeze and you kick ideas around. And you laugh and you joke and you and you know. That's what these guys were doing. And so he got him off to the side and set him down. I mean, you guys are going to go to John L's place, you know, before long, you know, to, for the, with the kids. And, and you're going to have a big fire. I know Paul, you have a big fire, you know, and it'll be awesome, man. And, he, and, and that you think, you think back and say, this, this is maybe how Moses told Joshua about what happened with the Amalekites, just like this, run a fire. You know, and he said, hey, let me tell you what really happened. This is what really happened. You guys were winning as long as I had the staff up. Right. Okay. When the staff came down, and 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 you, you can hear Joshua say, well, what does that mean? Moses saying, when the staff was up, God was there. When the staff was down, he wasn't. You only won because God was there. That's right. We only win, guys, because God's there. That's how we win. You can't do anything on your own. You can't repent. You can't fall away from sin. You can't come unless God is there with you. He has to be. Pray that God will will you will allow God to show up in your life, and then you'll be you'll be patient enough and 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 sensitive enough to listen to Him. I mean, this is really the crux of it. It is. Are you going to surrender? Yep. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this text. It can teach us a lot. A short text, very very obscure, but yet God teaches us so much here. I thank you, Father, for those who have been watching. I pray that they will allow you access into their lives, and then they'll be sensitive enough to listen to you when you come in. Father, thank you for, for those who are whose hearts are being prepared, whose hearts are right, and wherever they are, that you will that you will help them to find the, the access to you that they need to find. And thank you, Father, for that access. Thank you for your your willingness to for, not only forgive, but for, to forget what we've done. Help us to repent and help us to live lives like we look like we repented. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.